into the next uh, episode of Run Talk SA. I'm Brad Brown. Thank you for joining us this week on this running podcast where we chat all things running uh, from a South African perspective. And we are just about a week away from Comrades Marathon entries uh, opening. 1st of September 2014 is when they open for the 2015 edition of the race. Uh, And this week on the show, I catch up with a gentleman who I met at Comrades 2014. He's got an incredible, incredible story. Uh, He does some pretty cool stuff, and he's just launched something huge. Uh, I'm talking about a guy by the name of Joel Runyon. Uh, He's from the U.S. He came out to South Africa to run his first Comrades this year, uh, and he has got a a bucket list of note. And you'll find out uh, all about his Comrades experience. He had a very, very cool mantra as well. Uh, that he used at Comrades, which I've used since chatting to Joel, and I think is absolutely brilliant. So that's coming up on this week's show. I also wanted to give you a heads up. Uh, our sister podcast, the Ask Prof Noakes podcast, the one that I do with Professor Tim Noakes three times a week, uh, has just been growing leaps and bounds. It's been absolutely amazing. The response has been fantastic. But we're also getting lots of questions in from runners about how to run on that low-carb, high-fat diet and what they need to do to become fat-adapted. So over the last few months, I've been surveying a lot of our audience, uh, a lot of the Run Talk SA audience as well have participated in those surveys. And the great news is we've put together some training that will definitely help you, okay? If uh, you're thinking about uh, making the switch and you want to run fat-adapted, you don't want to to run on carbohydrates anymore, so… Get rid of the gels, get rid of the high-carbohydrate drinks. I can tell you that uh, I've worked through the program, and I'm running better than I ever have. Uh, it's actually incredible. I am uh, ran the fastest half marathon I've run this year. I've lost a bit of weight. I'm just feeling fantastic. So if you want to find out more about it, the website to get to is lowcarbhighfatrunning.com. Lowcarbhighfatrunning.com. Check it out. Uh, yeah, it's a fantastic, fantastic program. All the details are there, and I look forward uh, to hearing your success story once you've worked through that eight-week program on running on nothing but fat. So that's about it from me. It's time to head straight into this week's uh, interview with Joel Runyon. I've been wanting to catch up with uh, our next guest for a while now. I met him uh, at Comrades uh, this year down in Durban. And he was one of the 1,600-odd international runners uh, that ran Comrades in 2014 all the way uh, from the United States. Joel Runyon, welcome uh, on to Run Talk SA. Good to catch up, mate. Are you well? Uh, thanks for having me, man. Joel, I, I just want to sort of touch base. You've got a, a pretty interesting story, and, and I, lo- I, I love what you've done, and I want to touch on that a little bit as well. But you ran your first Comrades Marathon this year. How are the legs feeling? Uh, right now they're feeling good. I feel, I actually felt really, really strong after, uh, I got over like the crippling effect of the first two days after comrades. But after that, like I actually felt strong. Um, and the legs are, legs are feeling pretty good actually now. Gee, Joel, if, if you talk about crippling effect, I saw you the morning after comrades and you looked as, <laughs> as fresh as a daisy, man. <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't really know if that's true or not, but, uh, I was struggling a little bit, especially that first day, but, uh, the second day wasn't too bad. 
Let's talk about your comrades' experience. I mean, it's a, it's a long, long way to come. You're from San Diego, so uh, South Africa is not just a hop, skip, and a jump away. It's a, a long, long track to get here. Uh, I think it was about as far as I could get away from San Diego. <laughs> it was like 10,000 miles. I think about as far away as you can get on a globe is like 12,000. So it, it was is, pretty Yeah, it was pretty out there. That is crazy. T- tell me about your, your, your run. I mean, as, as an experience, uh, you've done some, some pretty cool things, and we'll, we'll chat about that in a moment. But it's, uh, as, as an experience, how did you find it? Um, I so I thought the, I thought the race was really really interesting. I had heard about it uh, a couple years ago from a couple South African friends of mine actually, um, and they had kind of talked about it a little bit. And then I started getting into the ultra running community, and obviously, comrades is a big deal within the ultra running community. Um, and so uh, this was my first big fifty plus mile race, or you know something over like eighty kilometers. I'd done a bunch of fifty k's before. I've um, done a bunch of marathons before, but I've never done uh, anything to that distance. Uh, and so I figured I'd kick it off right with uh, the oldest one in the world. And, uh, uh, you know, the trip just getting out there was like 31 hours. It was not a short trip. I had to go through London and then all the way down. Uh, so it, w- it wasn't a short trip to get down there. But um, uh, Comrades is really interesting. It, it, I, I just did a post on this, but uh, there, I've never run a race like Comrades before. Most of the ultras I've done in the past have been really, really small races because they tend to be small races, at least here stateside. Um, uh, but Comrades was easily the biggest marathon that I've run um, because most of the marathons I run even, uh, I haven't run any big major city marathons. So a lot of the ones that I've done are, are much smaller uh, local races or whatever. And uh, so just getting out there, getting to the start line, having 18,000 people um, you, uh, you know, singing uh, before the start sign. I was like, whoa, hey, what's going on? Uh, and so that was really, really, really cool. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned the big city marathons. I mean, I, I think for a lot of international runners that come out to, to South Africa to run, comrades might have had an experience of perhaps a New York marathon or a Chicago or, or Boston, perhaps mm. a, a London a London marathon. But the comrades is really unique in that sense that, uh, first of all, it's an ultra. It's a, it's a pretty tough and, and, and brutal ultra. And, and the field, the, the size of it's really, really big. And the vast majority of South Africans, I, I think that's probably really interesting. There's obviously something about us that, that we're drawn to ra- a race like Comrades. Well, I also thought I thought it was interesting. You know, if if, if you do an ultra marathon in the states, you're calling it like an ultra marathon. Or you're calling it like a 50k or a 50 miler. You guys are like, oh, it's just comrades marathon, which makes makes you think it's like a normal marathon. <laughs> oh, it's just it's just going to be uh, 42 kilometers. That's it. But it's uh it's way more. And it's it, it was crazy because what happened was uh, I rolled into to to Durban uh, a couple nights before or whatever, and I posted up in my hotel, and um, I ended up. Uh, basically running into a South African running group uh, while I was down there is the uh, Rand Athletic Club, I think, out of Johannesburg. And uh, they ended up kind of adopting me. And I ended up going to, like, their dinners with them. And I get to bus up with them. And just got to know some of the runners. And it was crazy just to, like, to talk to some of the guys that, you know, had done the race, you know, 20, 25 times um, or something like that. And uh, it's, it's, it's a whole different type of race when you start counting you know like on your bib number the amount of times you've run it uh you know i don't i don't know any other race stateside where people say you know like there there's a visual count of how many times you've done xyz race yeah, it's, it, it is amazing. And as far as what you'd heard of the race, Joel, you, you had obviously found out about it from South African friends of yours. I mean, did it, did it sort of live up to expectations of what you thought it was going to be like or, or did it exceed them? 
Uh, honestly, I had no idea what it was going to be like. I, I, I mean, I'd done some research and I'd, I'd watch some YouTube videos to kind of like check it out. Um, but you know, the the course is pretty gnarly in of itself. Like it was like, uh, I, I, I don't think I was expecting all the ups and downs. I mean, I probably should have from the elevation chart, but like it was just like it was kind of a gnarly race. Um, a really cool race. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, I, 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 I kind of went into it like a little bit naive, not necessarily knowing exactly everything to know about it. But when I got out there, like, I mean, it was, it was crazy. It's kind of cool that you can run, um, you know, 56 miles, 89 kilometers and never not see anybody. Um, like it, the fact that like you're always yeah. in the midst of somebody, uh, you know, you always had runners surrounding you no matter where you were was just, was kind of a cool experience. Um, no matter how fast or how slow you are, you, you could like look up um, and you could see, you know, for the next uh, kilometer almost in front of you, just like people filling the road, you know, side to side and turn around and look behind you and, and, and the same thing. Um, so it was really, really cool just to see um, one, the sheer number of people saying, hey, I'm going to go out and give this a shot, whether or not I even am able to do it. Um, and then two, you know, just kind of uh, see the camaraderie at the end. Uh, where people are coming in, like you know, three or four pe- people wide, like holding arms or whatever, and and going across the finish line. It was like, it was a, it was a, it was definitely a unique experience and definitely uh, something. I told myself after I finished, I was like, ah, I don't want to do that again. Don't need to do that again. <laughs> and now that the pain has subsided a little bit off your legs, and you're like, oh yeah, maybe, may, maybe, we'll we'll see. I'll see if I can go get that back to back medal or something. That's brilliant, yeah. And now you know the reason why people come back and do 20, 25, 30 of these things, because that's exactly what it's like. Everyone says afterwards, oh, I'm never going to do it again, but uh, we keep going back for more punishment. Joel, I enjoyed your, <laughs> I enjoyed your podcast that you did uh, after the race about the mantras that you used during, during Comrades this year. And one in particular struck a chord with me, and it was one that you picked up from Kyle Maynard. Uh, who, who's got a fascinating story to himself, and I absolutely love that mantra. Tell us, tell tell our listeners what it is. Yeah, so that was the I, I did a I did a podcast on three different mantras I was using uh, throughout the race just to keep me going because otherwise, like you know, there's a million different reasons you can quit. And uh, Kyle Maynard is this guy. Uh, basically, he has a a condition where his limbs didn't grow all the way out, and so um, like he he doesn't have like full grown arms or legs, and he does like crazy stuff like. Uh, wrestling. He's a CrossFit uh, gym owner. Uh, he climbed up Kilimanjaro, uh, basically crawled up Kilimanjaro, for lack of a better term. Uh, and he had this this uh, this saying that I p- kind of picked up and adopted as my own. Um, and it was not dead, can't quit. And uh, I just kept saying that to myself. Uh, you know, <laughs> when you're when you're when you're 40 miles in, or you know, like 70 k's in, you're like. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I want to keep going. And, uh, the, the idea was just, you know, if you're dead, uh, then you, you know, if you, if you die, you can, you can quit. And that's, that's a totally fine quitting scenario. Otherwise you're not dead. You can't quit. You got to keep going and keep moving forward. Uh, don't stop. And, uh, that was kind of just one of the, one of the sayings that, you know, as you're, as you're spending so much time on the road, you got a lot of time for your brain to come up with excuses about why, why you should quit, why you just need to give up, why you need to go, you know, take a nap or do something. And, uh, you know, there's, there's all these reasons why you shouldn't go do it. And it was, it was just one of those things, not dead, can't quit, not dead, can't quit. And, uh, it just kind of helped propel me, uh, 
onwards. I love that. That's, I mean, that is fantastic. And if you don't mind, I'm going to nick that as well. I, I think that is absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Uh, and then there was another one used, and it actually reminded me there's a, a cyclist who, who's, who's quite famous for, for speaking to himself in the peloton and telling his legs to shut up. Uh, another one used was, <laughs> was shut up and run. Yeah, I get that from uh, also ran runners. Um, they, had a, they have a pretty decent um one of the things i was just like looking at like different you know people who've done comrades before and 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 seeing what their experiences are any advice they've got and uh, they've got a pretty good uh resource on comrades um but they had a post in there somewhere that just said shut up and run and you know it's one of those things like when you're running i don't know if this happens to you but sometimes to me I i start coming up with excuses and i i start telling them outside like out loud to myself i'm like Oh man, it's like forty miles in. Ugh, it's whew, better walk for a little bit, and uh, and and that's one of those points where like I just kind of sat down and I told myself, you know, you know, I I spoke out loud back to myself, you know, just shut up and run, just shut up and run, just shut up and run, keep going, uh, stop, stop telling yourself these excuses, stop like verbalizing them, just 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 run. You know, are your legs tired? Just run. If you're, you know, you've been out here eight hours, just keep running. Uh, you know, it's not going to, you know, talking out loud isn't going to help you get there any faster. You're just going to, you're going to have to finish it and uh, you're going you're gonna to do it. So get over it and just make it happen. Just shut up and run. Yeah, Joel, I love that. And then, I mean, you, you mentioned your, your sort of journey and, uh, and, and you mentioned Carl Maynard who does some, some crazy things. You've done some crazy things in, in your lifetime as well. And I, I'm just really interested in, in sort of how this all came about because uh, a few years ago, you probably wouldn't have even thought of running Comrades, but obviously you've made a major sort of life switch. Uh, you, you've built a, a brand called Impossible and uh, you're doing some pretty cool stuff. Let, let's go back a few steps and, and how that all came about. You were sitting in a in conventional sort of nine to five job and had just had enough. Well, I was actually trying to get into a nine to five job because I graduated from school and I couldn't get a job anywhere. Um, so I was sitting around in my parents' basement trying to do something and I was like, man, I can't do anything with my life. Um, and so I had this list of things that I wanted to do, but every time I tried to go out and do them, or I didn't even try to do, do them. Let me, let me, let me clarify. I had this list of things I wanted to do, and in my mind, I told myself, oh, you, you can't do those. Only, only like people in movies or, you know, professional athletes or, or you know people who are way better than you uh only those people get to do those types of things uh you you have to stick with these normal mundane things that uh like trying to apply for a job at starbucks which i got rejected from trying to apply a job at target which i also just did not get starbucks wouldn't even call me back um so i was kind of sitting at my parents in my parents basement and i was doing very much with my life um and one of the things that i i wanted to do but I didn't think I could do was do a triathlon. But I didn't know anybody who had done one before. Anybody knew who like even knew what a triathlon was. I barely knew what three sports were in a triathlon. And so um, I told myself for a while, you can't do it. It's impossible. Um, and then I, after a while, I just got sick and tired of telling myself you can't do it. And I decided I was at least going to give it a shot and try it. And if I, you know, if it was true and I couldn't really do it, at least I would have tried. Um, but I wasn't just going to like disqualify myself before I even started. Um, and so I decided, you know, I can't necessarily travel the world. I can't start my own business cause I don't have any money, but I can get out on my bike and I can bike around the block and then I can put my shoes on and I can run around the block. And so I decided to start with that and I decided I was going to start a blog, uh, just to kind of keep myself accountable. I didn't care if anybody read it. I think maybe my mom read it. Um, when I first started and I was just, uh, it was a personal thing to, to do something more interesting with my life. And, uh, 
you know, trying to push myself uh, beyond my comfort zone. Um, never ran more than three miles before that. I was in sports, but I never ran more than three miles because I hated running, like shin splints, all this other stuff. Um, and then, so sure enough, started training, did my first indoor triathlon, um, and realized when I finished it, if you can do that, and you, you sat around for so long telling yourself that was impossible, and you just did it, you know, what other things out there are you currently telling yourself are quote-unquote impossible uh, that you can, you can actually go out and do? And so that's where this impossible list started um, from. And then basically from then on, I've just been deciding to, okay, well, I want to continually push my limits and, and try to do something impossible. And so I, I have this list of different things I'm trying to do um, and just continually pushing myself beyond those limits. And so uh, once I did a triathlon, I started getting into to longer road races or running races, um, ran a 10K, which was mind-blowing for me at the time, then decided, okay, what's the next step? A half marathon. Okay, what's next? A marathon. Okay, what's next? Um, then we did a, we did a, a project where I, I ran an ultra marathon, and uh, we used it to help uh, raise funds and awareness for an organization called Pencils of Promise, and we built a school in Guatemala. Uh, we raised enough uh, $25,000 to build a school in Guatemala. Um, and just kind of basically the entire, the entire site and project is basically about pushing, you know, there's a, there's a selfish component where I want to push my own limits and, 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 and see what I'm made of and see what I'm able to do, um, you know, with the capabilities that I have, uh, but also help other people uh, do that as well and kind of you know, share my lessons as I go through it as a normal person. Like this is what I'm trying to do, and you know, here's what I've here's what I've gone through, um, and you know, here are some lessons to to sort of help you guys do the same if you want to. It's it's amazing, and I mean that list is is pretty comprehensive. It's it's not just athletic. I mean, there's a whole bunch of other things on there too. I know one of the things was uh, visit every single continent, which uh, you you pretty well on your way to to ticking off now that you've been to Africa as well. And uh, there's a whole bunch of other things you do too. And I'm I'm quite interested. You're taking a whole bunch of people bungee jumping in a couple of weeks' time as well in uh, <laughs> in Oregon. Tell us a little bit about how that came about. Yeah. So I mean. The, there's a lot of things on here. Um, the, the the big consistent theme is just kind of push yourself past your limits and do stuff that's uncomfortable, that scares you, because that's the only way you're going to grow. Um, and so the, the bungee jumping thing actually came about uh, a few years back. Um, I decided I wanted to go skydiving. That was one of the things on the list. And I was like, okay, well, I want to go skydiving, but I'm scared to. Uh, so what's the best way to get over being scared of skydiving? Well, uh, if I invite a bunch of people to go skydiving with me, then I have to be in charge of everyone. And uh, if you're in charge of everyone, you can't just not go skydiving. You can't be like, hey, everybody, let's go do this, and then bail. Uh, so <laughs> basically, it was a selfish way to like back myself into a corner and force myself to go do the thing that I wanted to do. And uh, in doing that, we ended up taking like uh, 40, people or 40 people skydiving. And so then the next year, we decided, okay, we're going to do something different, bungee jumping. Um, and we took like 30 people bungee jumping. And so it was just one of these things that they're really good real life metaphors for doing stuff you're scared of because, you know, in, until you sign up for comrades, until you like show up on the starting line and the gun goes and you decided you're going to run 56 miles, like you're, you, you're not, you're not in the game. You're not in the race until, until that gun goes off. And same thing with, with bungee jumping. 
until you step off that platform and you jump, like you, you, you physically have to be the one to to launch yourself off the platform and do the jump. And if you don't do that, uh, you know nobody's going to do it for you. Uh, you can read all the books about bungee jumping that you want. You can watch all the YouTube videos, but until you do it for yourself, uh, you know there. The, there's no way to describe it to someone who hasn't done it. And I think that's the same, you know, in all the different activities that I'm doing. It's just practical experiences and metaphors to get people to do stuff that they're scared of or they're, they're not sure if they could do and then do it, actually do it instead of just talking about it or thinking about it or like dreaming about it someday and actually doing it. Um, uh, it's a whole different scenario and it puts you on a whole different playing field. And then when when you finish it, you start realizing, wow, that was really freaking scary. That was really freaking hard what's next and uh, continually pushing yourself past whatever comfort zone you've got. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, you talk about what next. Uh, I mean, for you, it's, it's starting to get interesting now because there's you, you've crossed out, uh, crossed off a, a whole bunch of things off that list now of, of things that you thought were impossible that you've now proved to yourself and to others that uh, are possible. Uh, I mean, how far do you think you can keep pushing the barriers? As, as far as you need to, just keep on going. You can, can always find something else to do next. Uh, so I've actually got a new project coming up that's probably the biggest project that I've ever undergone in my entire life. Um, and it's kind of one of those things that it's like, okay, well, I've done a bunch of these other things. What's the next thing that I can do uh, to really either push my limits and, and really actually scares me? Like it, it, it actually does like concern me. Like I, I don't know if I'll be able to do it or not. Like it's actually – you know, relatively impossible. Um, and the, the next project is called the 777 Project. And basically, uh, the goal with this project is to do seven ultra marathons on seven continents and raise enough money to build seven schools for Pencils of Promise, uh, which we've actually already built a school for, but we're going to hopefully do uh, seven more through this initiative. Um, and so this project is going to take me um, all over the place. Um, starting in Switzerland, uh, going to Leadville, uh, Patagonia, Antarctica, um, uh, Nepal, uh, back to Africa, um, and then uh, the Capital Challenge in New Zealand. So um, it's going to be a pretty big endeavor, and it's not really a small undertaking at all. And it's one of those things that... Uh, I, I got in my head probably 18 months ago and I kind of pushed it to the back of my head and I was like, I don't, I don't know if I really want to do that. That sounds really hard. And then it was just one of those things that wouldn't go away um, until I decided to do it. And, you know, it's one of those things that you just kind of have to do it. Otherwise, you're going to, you're not going to be able to sleep very well at night until it, until you at least try it. You know, I could try it and massively fail. I've been training a lot to, to not have that happen um but it's one of those things you know i'd rather uh give it a shot and see see if it can be done um then you know always always have this idea in my head but never actually give it a shot yeah and and, and do some take some massive action on it uh, you talk about pencils of promise i mean i don't know too much about it I, I think if i recall correctly i remember hearing pat flynn talking a little bit about the the project he was involved with the guy who who started it all can you give us a, a bit of background on on pencils of promise and how that came about yeah, so I've worked with them for the last two years. Um, basically, Pencil of Promise builds um, schools and trains teachers in under-resourced areas around the world. So they've got three main locations they work out of, uh, Laos, uh, Guatemala, and Ghana. So uh, basically, they've built, I believe, over 200 schools um, up to this point. 
and uh, ba- what what they're focused on is um, providing educational opportunities to uh, kids who otherwise it, it would be impossible, um, and then also uh, training teachers from within the community in order to create a sustainable um, ongoing education experience uh, for those students to provide them more opportunities um, beyond just you know what what the default would be uh, wherever they are. Sounds awesome. Uh, Joel Runyon, I'm going to let you get going. Before we do, though, uh, if people want to find out more about you online and uh, your website and, and find out more about some of your, your projects and, and read up on that impossible list, where can they, can they get more info about you online? Yeah, you can check out pretty much everything I've got at impossiblehq.com. Um, that's where the impossible list is. I've got a podcast there. Um, and then the 777 project is at impossiblehq.com slash 777. So you can check out more about that um, and following on the journey because we're going to be shooting videos, taking um, uh, pretty comprehensive. Uh, uh, we're documenting most all of it and uh, really going to uh, it's going to be a cool experience, adventure, and uh, hopefully help a lot of people. So. Um, yeah, that's where all of my stuff is. Cool. You podcast as well. I'm going to pop the links uh, on our uh, on, on the show notes for this uh, episode of Run Talk SA as well. If people want to listen to that podcast, they can too. Uh, Joel, thanks for your time, mate. Really do appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks so much for joining us on this edition of Run Talk SA. I hope you enjoyed that chat. What a cool dude. Uh, and I'm going to twist his rubber arm to come out and run Comrades 2015 next year as well. Uh, he had such a great time and, and just yeah, really enjoyed uh, South Africa, actually. So, Joel, thanks for your time. As mentioned at the top of the show, if you want to find out more about that low-carb, high-fat running program, the website to get to, it's pretty simple to remember, lowcarbhighfatrunning.com. That's where you can get all the details. So until next time, from myself, Brad Brown, have yourself a good one. Cheers. Cheers.